Be Still Be Free. My name is Amber Miller, and I'm here with Monica Steely and Sarah Goaty. Welcome to the podcast, ladies. Hello. What, what? We are... What, what? What'd you just say? What, what? what? <laughs> sort of like, what, what? <laughs> what, what? I'm articulating. What, what? Articulation today. <laughs> That's the theme for today's podcast. Articulation. Oh. Um, so we are in our series, Be Willing. Uh, this is our third woman that we've talked about, our fourth episode. Uh, we've talked about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yes. Last week, we talked about Deborah, the warrior, prophetess, judge. Woman with many hats. Wo- woman wearing many hats. <laughs> of many colors. Or is that not right? Nope, no, okay. it's, not, it's different. <laughs> um but today we are talking about Pharaoh's daughter. I can oh, no, random. honestly say that I've never had a discussion about Pharaoh's daughter before. This <laughs> well, is definitely going to be a first. <laughs> hopefully, you find it interesting. You would think, with um, someone who's only got five verses about her in the entire Bible, that there's may not, not have a thirty-minute podcast, but. I'm, I'm, that might be surprising to you. Yay. Um, okay, so I'm just going to read the five verses that she's in. I feel like that's valid. Um, and we'll just we'll start there. She, her story is found in Exodus 2, verses 5 through 10. So here we go. Later on, Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river while her young attendants walked along the bank nearby. Pharaoh's daughter noticed the basket that contained Moses, the baby, who was three months old, Aww. wedged among the reeds and wondered what it might contain. So she instructed her maid to bring it to her. When Pharaoh's daughter opened the basket, she found the baby boy. He was crying, and her heart melted with compassion. This is a Hebrew child, she said. Miriam, his sister, came out of hiding. Would you like me to find a Hebrew woman to nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter said, all right, go find a nurse. So the baby's sister went and fetched his mother, and the boy's mother approached Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, here, take this child and nurse him for me, and I will pay you for your services. So the woman took the child, who was secretly her own, (laughs) and nursed him just as Pharaoh's daughter had instructed. The boy grew, and when the time was right, the woman brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and she adopted him as her own. She named him Moses because, as she explained, I took him out of the water. Mm. So that is all That's we all get. We know. Yeah. I wonder what his name was given. Yeah. His given name was. That's interesting. I know. I, there's, <gasps> I didn't say see anything that about that. Anywhere? Mm-mm. I Mm-mm. never knew that she named him Moses. Yeah, I, I never thought, thought that, about that. that Mama named yeah, him Yeah, no, Moses. she named him Moses. So let's. Yeah, backtrack like, yeah, a tiny yeah. bit. <laughs> Listen, real quick. You know what I think of when I think of Moses' story? Like, I feel like I can remember sitting in the basement of the church. Felt boards. With felt boards. <gasps> yeah. Yes. Here's the reeds in the yes! little basket. Yes. Moves down oh, the no, river. Totally, like, made everybody's Amber's go, too young Whoa. to know about no. the felt board. No. Oh, my gosh, I do. And and it was the little basket. The little basket. The, yes. The flannel grass. I will say the word basket in the Hebrew is the same word that they used to describe ark for Noah. No, uh, that's that was interesting. That from the judgment oh, of the water. Oh, that is interesting. interesting. Awesome. Just a neat little sidebar. But I always think of Prince of Egypt. <laughs> The movie, yes, such a good movie. <laughs> so good. We saw that in the theater, and my grandmother and mother stood up and applauded. So I was so embarrassed. <laughs> but now, as a mom, and like you know, yeah, like oh, I'm like so that's funny. the best movie. Anyway, um, okay, so let's backtrack just a little bit. So Moses's parents had put him in the basket and hid him in the Nile in hopes to save his life, right. because earlier at the end of chapter one in Exodus, we see Pharaoh hid. Um, made this decree to kill all Hebrew baby boys that were under the age of two, similar to what happened with Herod and Jesus because of the threat of the one who would come and save the Egyptians from the, or save the Israelites from the Egyptians rule. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just so crazy. So um, it says that when Moses's parents, um, 
saw that he was healthy and beautiful, they feared for his safety. And so they kept him hidden from the view of everybody for three months. Wow. And then when they couldn't keep him hidden anymore, they made the basket and they put it in the river and wedged it among the reeds. Now, this was the Nile which I no. will tell you is four miles wide at the widest oh, part right. and then half quarter mile at the smallest, but it goes from Northern Egypt to Tanzania. So it's not and like the Chattahoochee snakes and crocodiles. alligators oh, and yes. everything. Yes. So it was a very perilous thing yes. for them to do anyway. I often thought about that. Like what there somewhere better they could, <laughs> why the water? Well, I'm going to, s- I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, She'll get there. Yeah, I'll get <laughs> I'm jumping. I'm jumping ahead. Um, but they were desperate in, to save him. Of course, as any mother would be. And so they just had to, like, put him there and trust that God would intervene. And then we see that Miriam, the big sister, is from the different, from the distance watching. So what what we learn about Pharaoh's daughter in this section is that she's a princess because her father is, like, the king of everything. Um, That she came to the river to bathe and had many attendants nearby. And some scholars believe that Moses' mother had seen this, like, habit or ritual of hers and intentionally hid him in the reeds where Ooh. she did in hopes that maybe Pharaoh's she would, daughter specifically yeah. would find him. So wow, that's not that's in the Bible, crazy. but some, a lot of scholars agree yeah. that that could have been very like, intentional. Maybe wow. Moses' mother kind of saw something in her. Saw yeah. something in her. Oh, wow. Hoping that she would be the one. And knew that that maybe is where she went to bathe. And yes. knew that that's where she would be. And if I hide him here, <gasps> maybe she'll. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, in Jewish writings, rabbis and scholars consider Pharaoh's daughter a convert. And mm. esteem her in the same category as other devout converts, such as Ruth, Hagar, and Zipporah. Wow. So a lot of like Jewish scholars believe that she was converted, even wow. though she was Pharaoh's daughter, but that there was some, that she That's hit so at some cool. point. Yeah. And I'll share a little that bit about why awesome. I agree with that too. Um, so based on that, I, here's what I've kind of like some conclusions that I've drawn. Her household was obviously pagan. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can assume that she was raised to be pagan too, right. but I believe that she had seen the blessing that God continued to pour out on the Hebrew people. And I think that she, it was intrigued by this God. Yeah. Like, because it says, um, in Exodus one, seven, the people of Israel were prolific. They had children easily. Their numbers increased rapidly. As their numbers grew, so did their strength, and eventually mm. they filled the land. And then again in Exodus 1, it says, The harder the slave drivers pushed the Israelites, the more rapidly they had children and spread throughout the land. Wow. So I think it's safe to wow. say that like, she saw the blessing uh-huh. that the God yeah. of Israel had on those people. Even when they were captive. Even under captivity, under grueling, excruciating circumstances, I think that she saw that she the knew. way God blessed. And I think that she recognized that the God of Israel had a different kind of power than the pagan gods that yeah. her father Ooh, and household worshipped. Yeah, see the backstory. The backstory. Think about the backstory. You just right. Think the literal story. Right. So cool. Um, and she obviously recognized that Moses was Hebrew because the very first thing she says out of her mouth when she sees him is, "This is a Hebrew baby." Yeah, I always thought that that was so interesting. Mm-hmm. That so it's not like it was knew. just some random. Like she could tell in however he looked that this is Hebrew, but knowing the decree that her father had made did not deter her. Right. Um, And it's like I just read, it said that her heart melted with compassion. So she was not hard hearted. She was not um, totally against the Hebrew people. Her heart melted with compassion over him as a baby in the river, even though he was Hebrew. 
And I believe, this is my opinion now, (laughs) but I do believe that she hated the decree that her father had made and that she saw value in the life of this baby. Interesting. Because she willingly defiled his decree. She adopted him once he was weaned and raised him. And she did raise him with the education and fear of the one true God. Because in verse 11, so like her story ends in verse 10. Mm. Verse 11 jumps ahead to Moses as a grown-up, and it says that um, he recognized that his Hebrew brothers were being mistreated. So he obviously identified with being Hebrew. Huh. Yeah. It's, so it's not like huh. the Prince of Egypt where he didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. Like he, but yeah, like she probably... He's a grown-up yeah. and like was like, an Egyptian has mistreated a Hebrew brother, and that angered him and made him mad, so he obviously identified he as being Hebrew. Hebrew. Yeah. So he knew something about Hebrew tradition, which yeah. would lead me to believe Had that she raised she him, him that to know that. Yeah. Interesting. Or even in both, like, yeah. you're Hebrew, but you're also, yeah. like, he had a knowledge. Yeah. He and had he an education. he knew he was Hebrew. He knew he was Hebrew. That's beautiful. That is really He knew cool. he was Hebrew. Um, Moses stayed with her for 40 years. Wow. He lived in that house for 40 years with her. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, like, once, so how old was he when mom gave him? So she found him in the reeds at three months, right. but he did not get returned to her until he was weaned, which was probably, probably two or three, three years two old. Two or three years old. Wow. Which is wow. really beautiful that he was able to stay with his biological mother. Like, I'm sure that was yes. a, that's a sweet yeah. thing for his well, biological mother. Well, and here's mother. what I would say, too. I don't think that she was an idiot. Yeah. I no. think she was smart enough to know yeah. this sister, this girl comes out of the out of hiding and it's like i can go find a nurse for you yeah. of this three-month baby Ta-da. okay sure here happens to be one like obviously she, she had to connect some dots knew. right yeah sure. like i don't think that she was a fool it may have been a compassionate gesture exactly to the mother exactly So we only have five verses about her to cover 40 years of Moses's entire life, education, and upbringing. Yeah, that's crazy. But we can infer all these different things just based on that. And the only earthly mother he really knows or remembers is being Pharaoh's daughter. Right, right. Um, So we always, like we have done with this story, like we always identify people by their roles. But we do need to dig deeper to kind of figure out the B in all of this, right? So she's more than a princess and Pharaoh's daughter. She's compassionate, tenderhearted, independent, brave, courageous, and nurturing. Mm-hmm. Like those are all things that we can get from her in this story. Um, she named him Moses after he returned from being weaned. So um, she did not claim ownership over him mm-hmm. until after he was returned Isn't to her. Crazy, like mm-hmm. you know, yeah, because like, she didn't put her stamp of Egyptian yeah. name. Um, she let those first few years of his life be identified by the Hebrew people and. She stood between life and death for him on the side of life. Uh, by saving his life and drawing him out of the water, she ushered in freedom for the entire nation of Israel. Yeah, that's crazy. And one commentary says that they like that they do call her the female savior of Israel. Wow, that's like, crazy. In Bible Gateway commentary, that it makes like, sense that that would be true. Yeah, for right. sure. Without her, they wouldn't have been freed. Right. And you know, like we always bad. say, like God can do anything with every with anybody. Yeah. But this is what He yeah. chose. This is what he chose. This, this is what, is he, what he worked out. And what's interesting is he knew she would. Right. He knew right. she would. He knew, he knew who she was, uh-huh. regardless of what role she uh-huh. had or what household she was uh-huh. in. Uh-huh. He knew who she was. He yeah. saw her heart. He didn't That's see awesome. the external things. He looked yeah. at her heart. It's crazy. Um, her entire role is summarized in those five verses, but she's intentionally left unnamed. And I did so much research. It all conflicts. 
Like, <laughs> like she could be this, she could be this, she could be this. Like, there's no like as far true as, like, consensus a name. as yeah. far as like what her name was or which pharaoh was her father. Mm. Um, oh, interesting. So there's not a lot like. There's, so it may not have been the pharaoh that exiled Moses or got let Moses leave. Right, like they think the, that that was a different pharaoh by the time those forty years. I always thought that that was the same pharaoh. So I, that makes sense because most pharaohs were young, and if it had been forty years, then it probably wasn't. Right. I mean, it was, it was probably a son or because well, and something, if she was but, old enough right, to like to be a mother, and yeah. you know that means her father was Never probably older, and mm-hmm. so I'm sure he died. But um, the fact that then. she's intentionally left unnamed, I think this is where it kind of like um, like the rubber hits the road and becomes very real for me because I feel like how women today you know, after being married for 40 years or raising your children and having an empty nest, like the summation of your entire adult life can be wrapped up in five verses, but the bulk of the work and the love and all we give and all we do for those people, like is not mentioned, Interesting. you know, like we could all write these stories of what, like in five verses, she was married for this long. Mm-hmm. Her husband did this. She had these children. Bam. But well, that doesn't even tell even like, the beginning of the story. Almost yeah. like the little blurb that we wrote for you for the introduction about each of our people. I right. sat here and I was like, if we had to write something like that for each of ourselves, what would it what would it say? Or right. it even makes and me that's think it. of like Just a little blurb. An obituary is like right. you know, like three you know, three three or four paragraphs maybe at most mm-hmm. that talks about where you lived and, and who survived you yeah. and what you right. did and then that's it. Right. But the impact that you had on your family and on the world and on your community is so much greater than yeah. than those than five obituary. verses or yeah. or that obituary that you know paragraph. Mm-hmm. That paragraph. Yeah. I mean, I know mine is. It could be a book long. <laughs> I'm so you're kidding. documenting every day. I'm yes, so yeah, kidding. she's already writing her book. <laughs> no one will forget Sarah. I am named. I'm so kidding. Um, but you know when like I said, when we retell the story of Moses, like we yeah. never talk about her. Yeah. It, we always talk about yeah. how brave the parents mm-hmm. were, how courageous yeah. Miriam was. Yeah. And then yeah. like but she's Oh, like, and then Pharaoh's daughter. Oh, oh, yeah, oh and Pharaoh's by the way, daughter. Yeah, she was the, an adoptive mother, like yeah. the first adoptive mother that we ever read about yet, yeah, whatever. Oh, that's true. You know, and I think, um, you know, we just, we consider her pagan, Pharaoh, like lived in the Egyptian really? household. Yeah. And so we, that renders her unimportant. Isn't that interesting? Um, and her beliefs and her position become the frivolous part of the story, but yeah. they're like the most important yeah. part. Really? Yeah. Truly. Yeah. Um, so like I mean, we she helped shape Moses yeah. to be who he was to lead the people out of Israel. I mean, right. She should have helped him get rid of that speech impediment. <laughs> Maybe he was kidding. flipping back and forth between Egyptian and Hebrew languages yeah, so often it was hard. <laughs> that would be that'd be that'd make me stutter. Um but I think that, you know, I her her story gets lost yeah. where I think like we we feel like we get yeah. lost yeah. in the stories too. Parallel in so many ways. Like we feel like we get overlooked in the story. Mm-hmm. We feel like we get overshadowed by other big personalities mm-hmm. in our stories. Mm-hmm. You know, like she had Pharaoh as a father and mm-hmm. Moses as her son. So like that overshadows her. Yeah. And I think we, how, I mean, oh my gosh, can I relate to, right. you know, I've got a lot of big personalities in my house. I've got yeah. a lot of big personalities in my church and work. And, you know, it's easy to feel overlooked or forgotten. Yeah. And like I said on the um, series introduction, uh, introduction week, our roles often go unnoticed, overlooked, forgotten, incons- deemed inconsequential, considered frivolous, of no great value, 
nothing just that we have nothing significant to contribute and yet what we draw up out of the water may be the catalyst to bring freedom to an entire generation or an entire nation it's beautiful and you know i think it goes back to that whole thing of gets unnoticed by who by whom it doesn't go unnoticed by the one that should matter the most. Right. It goes unnoticed by the ones we want applauded by right. the most. And, you know, that's such perspective. Yeah. Because why do we want what we want and who are we really doing it for? Right. Like, she, it's very much like Mary. Mm-hmm. Like, she, her and, and Mary's story do kind of parallel each other in the fact that, like, Mary was the mother of Jesus. Yeah. But, like, right. there was so much that she couldn't tell or talk about at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know Pharaoh's daughter too. Like we, I don't. We, we have no idea if she was still alive when he led them out of yeah. Egypt. If um, when all, you know all this other stuff happened, yeah. we don't know if she ever got to see the impact that she had on what God was doing, like with all time forever after that. So very interesting. Yeah. You know, we talked about this with Eve too. We talked about how um, there's not a lot about her accomplishments mentioned, mm-hmm. right? You think about all the things that Eve had to accomplish being the first woman and how that was for us, right? Like there's so little written about the accomplishments and how many times we want people to be like, Oh, look, you did the laundry today. Yeah. Oh, look, you took the trash out or you went grocery Mm -hmm. shopping and we want everybody to clap their, clap their hands and pat our backs. But that is a recurring theme for a lot (laughs) of these women that we're studying. There are not a lot of details about their accomplishments. Yeah. I know there's, and I wonder if that's because, that's how we're supposed to be. Yeah. The attaboy needs to come from the fact that we're serving the one that it matters to, not yeah. the people around us. Right. Right. I mean, I think, too, like, you look at someone like Pharaoh's daughter, and it's like, oh, well, she was a princess. She had the whole palace. She had attendants. Right. And so, therefore, um, she's too privileged to be even right. taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Which is something I think that we do with other Absolutely. other people all the time, too. Mm-hmm. Sure. Absolutely. Um, and then you wonder too, what were the, we were talking about with Sarah or with Mary, what were people talking about and whispering? Right. And we were talking about Deborah, you know, woman and man alike. What were they whispering? Yeah. Well, think about this. What were the Egyptians whispering about Pharaoh's yeah. daughter? Like what did Pharaoh say? What did Pharaoh say? say? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Cause you know, there was a conversation. How had. did he let that fly? That's the stuff I wish. Killing like, there all were, of the Hebrews. Yeah. She adopts girl. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she gets everything she, she wants. She gets everything right. she wants. She's such a princess. But I wonder, like, I, I just, that'll be one of those things to look forward to in heaven. Like, I wonder what his reaction was. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he was angry, if she had to fight, if she had to, like, like Deborah go into battle and be yeah. willing to, like, fight for him. Um, you know, like, she could have lost her life. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She just so, obeyed like, him. Completely. Yeah. Especially as his daughter. Yeah. Like, even more so. Like, if I don't make an example of you, everyone That's will think right. that it's okay to. Yeah. Because he had said very clearly, it says um, at the end of chapter one, he had said very clearly, like, hey, Egyptian ladies, go be midwives. And as the baby boys are born, take oh, them then gosh. and kill them. You know, right. and so that, but the Egyptian midwives were like, oh, heck no, we ain't touching God's anointed, basically, yeah. is what they said. That's crazy. Um, wow. So the fact that, like, Pharaoh was kind of the only one yeah. <laughs> adamant about this, but even the rest of the Egyptians were like, oh. Yeah, right, right. Much, yo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Pharaoh's daughter pull, was drawn to the water, and out of it she drew up Moses. And, um, you know, I think Jesus bids us to the water all the time and either asks us to walk on it 
in faith or to draw up something from it. Mm. And she saw something there and chose to draw it up. And so that just makes me, because like that was something that she went to do regularly. She went to the river to bathe. Like what are our everyday activities? Mm -hmm. What are the rivers that we go to every day? And what is something that's there that God is asking you to draw up Mm. out of it? And I just think that that's like, what are you willing to notice that you don't notice in your everyday that you're willing to draw up? What are we looking for? Mm -hmm. You know, because she saw it. Right. What are we looking for? What do we see? And as soon as she saw it, her heart melted with compassion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And she very easily could have just been like, I'm going to let that be somebody else's issue. Yeah. I've been staring at the edge of the water. (laughs) (laughs) We just watched that like four times this weekend. (laughs) Sorry. I just like, it's been welling up inside. I can't believe it. Anyway, Lynn Manuel Miranda is just (laughs) so good. (laughs) Makes it so good. But what we see in those everyday activities, what we draw up, I mean, it could be what we draw up brings in freedom for somebody else. Yeah, isn't that the truth? It can, mm. Or just be the first thing mm-hmm. that starts a like chain reaction that will bring freedom to somebody else. Yeah. Um, we cannot grow weary in doing good simply because no one may remember our name in the story. Mm. That's where it gets a little convicting for me. What was that again? We cannot grow weary in doing good simply because no one may remember our name in the story. We need to run and persevere in the race that God has called us to. Second Chronicles 15.7 says, Be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. Galatians 6.9, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And you know that proper time may be at the feet of Jesus in heaven when he says, Well done. It may not be on earth. It may be thousands of years later as three obscure women sit around and podcast about (laughs) something. (laughs) You know, like you just... The reward may not be now. It may not be immediate. It may yeah. not be remembered or recognized, but God does see it. And I know yep. sometimes mm-hmm. we feel like we're forgotten by God too mm-hmm. and that we're overlooked by God too. And that's where the what about me's come in and where we have to like choose to have our mindset be that of eternal things and not temporal things. Yep. Um, but we just have to be willing to keep doing the right thing, even if no one notices or no one remembers, because we're doing it for him and not our own personal recognition. Oh, man, this is what we were talking about with Mary. Mm-hmm. Like, that Mary lived for the story of Jesus and not for the story of self. Right. She didn't do it for her. She right. did it for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and there are, I mean, there are some people that said, well, maybe Pharaoh's daughter wasn't able to have children. And that's like, maybe she did take Moses well, selfishly. Maybe. But she wouldn't have given him away for three years. That's right. If that were the case she would have sure. had a nurse come in to right nurse the baby oh, yeah. there. Yeah. you know there were wet nurses i mean yeah that's what women did yeah but she let him completely go yeah trusting that he would be brought back yeah. right and yeah and he was so there it's was amazing. very a lot of very unselfish things and yeah. the fact that she did raise him to be in awareness of the um it's that's so great hebrew faith too um so if you find yourself getting frustrated with god you know, and like saying, isn't there more than all of this wifing and mothering and employeeing thing <laughs> that I'm doing? <laughs> Just know that God has not forgotten and that he's chosen specifically to fill that part. And he does know your name outside of your role. Um, okay, so I'm going to talk about some practical applications. Oh, you know what? Actually, there was one last thing I wanted to mention Yay. before we get to practical applications. Good. Um, as we have seen through all these three series that we're doing and all these women that we've talked about, God very, very obviously highly esteems and values women in the Bible. Um, in Mark 16, 1 through 10, it talks about how there were three women that discovered that Jesus was missing from the tomb. 
And those were the first women, the first people in general to share the news of Jesus' resurrection to the world. But I love that the story of Moses is surrounded by three women Mm. who were protected, who protected and loved the one that God brought, used to bring freedom to the people. Three women who were courageous, trustworthy, and brave. And that was Miriam, Mm -hmm. his mother, and then Pharaoh's daughter, too. What was his mom's name? Oh, it's not, no, it's, um, like, Jeth, Jeth, like, it's something something a little obscure. It's, um, it's, I don't think it was even mentioned in the scripture. It may have just been in a historical context. Is this the Miriam that was a prophet? She was a prophet. Yeah. Which is cool that she's so involved in Moses's life, Moses's life. Yeah. And And it makes me wonder if Pharaoh's daughter allowed Miriam to continue to be, an influencer yeah. in Probably. Moses' life yeah. and how that influenced him to be able to co- become the leader that God mm-hmm. called him to be. Right. You know, to have a, an older sister who was a prophet. You know, yeah. I just think that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's just neat how there were three women that saw Jesus and shared the word. There were three women surrounding yeah. Moses and just shows you that behind every great man is at least one great woman. If not, <laughs> if more, not three. If not more. <laughs> if not more. Um, okay, so practical applications for us are what are you drying up out of the water? Mm-hmm. Um, what's the river that you go to every day? What might be hiding in the reeds waiting for you to draw it up? Um, it could be a neighbor that needs a listening ear, a classroom that needs a tutor, a cashier that needs a smile and a really sincere how are you? Um, open your eyes to what might be hiding as you go about your daily activities mm. and be willing to draw it up. And the second is, who do you need to stand up to? Uh, Fair's daughter had a moral compass that knew right from wrong when faced with finding Moses in the river. She instinctively knew to save him, knowing immediately he was the wrong kind of people um, and knowing that her, the law that her father had laid down. Yes, she was willing to stand up to him for what she knew was right. Is there someone in your life you need to stand up to? Maybe it's a friend engaging in immoral activity outside her marriage. Maybe Mm. it's a family member who engages in talk that is derogatory about different kinds of people. You don't have to be brash, aggressive, ugly, or angry, but be willing to take a stand for what you know is right. I love it. I love that. (laughs) Both of those. It's kind of two, um, like, two sides of the same coin. Right. You know, like, there's the, the part of you that needs to be um, attentive and listening and compassionate and available and willing. And then there's the other part of you, the same of the sa- other side of the same coin that still needs to be willing, but in a much firmer stance, a strong, right. um, mm-hmm. uh, being willing to stand up against, mm-hmm. like you said, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And like we talked about, um, we talked about Jesus and how I think it was in the Mary week and how he was like, that's not my mother and brother. Like yeah. the time has not yet come for me. Like mm-hmm. he wasn't ugly or defensive right. or angry or aggressive about it. Right. But he was just very plain and yeah. bold. Like bold. We talked clear, about that. Clear Way back when. Bold. That's right. Yeah. Simple. I mean, just talk plainly. Straightforward and plain. Non-offensive. And so that's, we just don't know what to do with simple and plain anymore. I know. We don't know what to do with straightforward we anymore. We don't. You know, that's like, offensive. Everybody gets offended by straightforward, plain, yeah. and simple. I think that it's important for us to start like learning how to have conversations again. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I think leading up to this, like the whole political climate with the election, and it's like you couldn't you couldn't have a conversation without mm-hmm. it being explosive, mm-hmm. like. I don't know how many people were, I saw like every day on Facebook, I'm defriending all these yes, people now yes. because they don't agree with me. Single handedly was the straw that broke my back. If yeah. it weren't for be still be free, I'd have no Facebook. Yeah. yeah it's, yeah, it's ridiculous, mm-hmm. but I think that we need to get back to having conversations with each other, but being firm and mm-hmm. speaking plainly and mm-hmm. speaking the truth, yeah. but at the same time, like 
we cannot attack every person who disagrees <laughs> yeah. with us. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. yeah, I love that. That's I'm always that's It's always interesting to me how people give their opinion. People get angry when people's opinions don't match up with theirs, and so they turn around and give their opinion about that opinion. You know, and I'm <laughs> yeah. like, you just here's my opinion you're doing about the your exact opinion. same thing, right? <laughs> everything is better one on one, eye to eye, face to face. Yeah, and Blinders like Sarah to everything else. said yeah. a couple weeks ago, with the intention of um, restoration, restoration, and reconciliation. Yeah, it's about strengthening the body of Christ, not being right. Mm-hmm. That's not about for me because right. <laughs> I, I don't know if you know this. Christ. I like to be right. I, know I usually am. It's the problem. <laughs> That's what makes it so hard. That's what makes <laughs> so it so dang hard. hard. But you I'm know, just always right. I what I it. love about what you're talking about with Thera's daughter and your practical applications, and I feel like mine and Amber's practical applications, is that you know too many of us are waiting for life to happen to us. Yes. Yes. Instead yes. of making life happen, yes. we're, we're waiting for the basket in the water before we get in the water yes yes right we've got to get in the water we've, we've got to be get in the water yeah get in the water we've got to be doing that we you know we've again we have to put ourselves out there you know we have to prepare for the moment before the moment because you're you're not going to be ready to do whatever is in the water and what you draw up if you're not preparing so if you're not doing the little things like smiling and and offering yourself and being kind and yes. treating someone to something or taking the time to have a phone conversation that you really just didn't want to have to do today. Or if you can't do the little things, God is certainly not going to trust you with the big things because that is a reflection of your heart. Right. Like I am confident that Pharaoh's daughter already was a kind, compassionate, yes. tender um, nurturing woman. I'm yeah. confident of that because he would not have chosen someone who could not nurture, was ugly, mean, who was going to exactly. tear down to this man of God who he would eventually, you know, who yeah. was going to lead his people out of Egypt. Right. Yeah. And he already knew that Deborah was strong and decisive yeah. and faithful and willing to stand alone yeah. in opposition. So it wasn't like he announced her as a prophetess and then, and then she, she became, became that way. Mm-hmm. She was already becoming that. Yes. And so I think as women, like so many of us are sitting on the side, looking at what everybody else has and waiting for what's going to happen to us. And it doesn't work that way. Mm-mm. If you're not preparing for a moment before a moment, a moment will never happen. Yeah. yeah. It just isn't going to happen. You it's- know what? Like I would love to speak to like restoration in families right now. Yeah. Because like, I feel like, that is so, I don't know why I just feel like I should say that. Like we're talking about sowing seeds, you know, and we don't know what, what the Lord is going to, what the harvest is going to look like. But I think especially in our families, we need to be sowing those seeds of of reconciliation and of love and of patience and kindness, goodness, faithfulness. If you have a grandmother, call your grandmother, go and see her because on the day when, uh, um, you need her or your she needs you that foundation is already going to be there call your mom <laughs> like yeah. have a conversation with your brother or your sister like start laying a foundation yeah. with your family um and and watch how the lord honors that be yes. faithful in those things because your family is the people that god has called you to first yeah um and and i feel like that's so we get away from that we a do. lot, like, um, but that's who we're called to. And Lay you, a foundation it's not called there. To fix everything. No, it's called to. And if you never plant seeds, you will never reap a harvest. Right. If you don't sow, 
there is no reaping. Yeah. Right? So well, you can't wait for a harvest. No. <laughs> and that's you've never sown. What we talked about the very first week in the series intro, the definition of being willing, it's our willingness to obey God. The first step is preparing for the thing, mm. not the thing itself. That yeah. cheerful readiness, that cheerful anticipation. Like, you, you got to be ready yeah. What is it, that thing that you say um, sometimes, okay, you say, oh, it has something to do with preparing and not getting caught up in the um, the process itself. Oh, yeah. There's, I know exactly what she's talking about. I don't remember there's what it is. There's a saying that you say that it's, oh, doggone it. I thought for sure. Well, you, it, you talk about how. God's how, more concerned with your character than your calling. I know that's well, why. Well, yeah. yeah but you true. also say a thing, and in, in, it's you've said it several times in several podcasts about how um, you don't need to get caught up in the process. You need to just be obedient to the calling. Like, because like, you've talked about how sometimes yeah. the process muddies it up for you. Yeah. And it keeps you from. From stepping out or doing the calling or whatever. Oh, I'm gonna have to get back on on now. On I don't remember. I'm and, so sorry. I know. Well, I'm and you know, it's another you say thing often that like totally applies to this that you say is we're just gonna quote you if that's all yeah. right. Oh, okay, <laughs> quote me to me. Podcast. That's not weird. <laughs> we're out of time, but we're gonna throw in a few Monica quotes before we go. Um, is the thing about like worshiping God and not worshiping the thing? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, and I, I know you say it way prettier than that. <laughs> no, but, that's but, a, yeah, basically. But this is part of it, you know, like mm-hmm. make like Pharaoh's daughter, like was more focused on who she was in, in Christ, we think, mm-hmm. um, than she was about whatever goals she had right. or whatever right. destination she was trying to arrive at as Pharaoh's daughter. Right. And that's how she was used by God. Yep. Yeah. It's by not being focused on the thing. Oh, so good. I so. love Pharaoh's daughter. Isn't five she pretty cool? She's so cool. She's so cool. 40 Do minutes of conversation anything. over five verses. Yeah. anything. I knew literally nothing about her. So like I said, take take some of that with a grain of salt. Um, but I do think that's just one of the beautiful things about the word. It's alive and it's active. And yes. if you, I, I've t- I told this it's to Greg and had such a good word. conversation about it. But I absolutely believe we're not just supposed to take it at face value that mm-hmm. It said, there's a scripture that says if we were if, to write all of the things that happened, there would be no there book to contain of, it. So books. you have yeah. to like read between the lines and put yourself in the yeah. situation, in the setting. And, you know, like I'll well, be the and, first to admit when I'm opinioning something. Yeah. But also I think, I mean, God loves when we chew on that. Yes. And he yes. will tell us if we're right or yes. wrong I or totally whatever. And we're not but saying it's gospel. We're not talking about theology. Yeah. Yeah. We're just talking about the story. It's, yes. Like, reading the word is is huge and important but also it's cool to read about the word mm-hmm. like yes like looking up some articles or just googling like pharaoh's daughter yep. yeah i mean there's stuff out there yeah. about there's it stuff that you out there and have pulled that's why i love these we always link to different articles and stuff yeah. that we've read because one article will say oh did you know that there's seven other yep. uh prophetesses what yeah no there's yeah. not and then you can go in the bible and look up oh my goodness yes there are there's this one and this one yep. but it, you know read about the bible as much as not as much, but you know, in addition to exactly. reading the Bible, because that's so cool. Mm-hmm. It opens things up. It it's does. nice to have conversations and about it, it. All applies today as much yeah. as it did. Oh then. yeah, it it so, for sure. Anyway, awesome that's job, it, cool. Monica. That's, that's the PD. Right. I like it. All right, Sarah. Well, I'm hosting, and Monica just spent all her words. Could you pray? I'll pray <laughs> Shutting down. People. That's right. <laughs> Father God, thank you, Lord, for another time of just diving into your word. Lord, just love this whole series that we've done on women of the Bible and 
Um, love what it's teaching us. I pray that you will just give clarity to each of us as well as each of our listeners that we need to be willing to prepare for the moment before the moment and that um, you can't draw up out of the water if you never go to the water. Lord, Mm -hmm. I pray that um, give those who struggle with the confidence to take a step, give them the confidence to take the step and um, just again, help each of us to know that um, you will continue to bless as we are continuing to be obedient. Lord, I just pray that you'll bring us all back together again in a week. And um, again, I hope that you're glorified and blessed through our words and our time. And in your-